This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, welcome along to another podcast from the Shrimps Trust. Uh, the ridiculous positive attitude that we've displayed on this little humble podcast uh, has obviously caught on after all. Uh, and uh, we've been saying for weeks the win is coming. And uh, just like buses, two come at once, so we're not complaining. So thanks for listening. So to chat about the rain, remaining fixtures uh, for us all, uh, as per, it's Joel from the Trust. Welcome along, Joel. Cheers, Freeze. Uh, the podcast fixer, an all-round golfer and uh, decent gentleman from the boardroom, Charlie Appleyard. Charlie, Hello, Freeze. Uh, and as a, a, an extra guest tonight, we've got uh, Matt from uh, Jill's in the Blood. Uh, uh, he joins us to figure out uh, how us and Gillingham both stay up and relegate Fleetwood and the Wombles. Isn't that right, Matt? I'll get the easy job then. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, starters remain to go on. Um, as I said, we've been ridiculously positive over the past few weeks, uh, despite 4-1, 5-0, 3-1, uh, and not looking like scoring. Um, we, we came up with a bit of a cod theory last week, Matt, that uh, Derek Adams, during the international break, Derek Adams was painting the picture of uh, the squad's maybe not good enough and uh, it's going to be really difficult and blah, blah, blah. And here we are after the international break, and he has worked a little bit of magic by changing the formation, changing a few players, Joel, and two completely contrasting old wins in a week. Yeah, uh, it, it, he obviously he said uh, on the radio before that two-week break that he wasn't sure what he could do in two weeks, if there was anything he could do. Obviously, it seems like he was just playing a few little games there because, you know, look at the turnaround, you know, looking at the lineup changes, maybe some of these some people have proved some things in training. Maybe he's just gotten a little bit, you know, a little bit more time to kind of look at the players and just kind of think, right, what's the most effective way I can make them work under the system that I want to play and kind of marry those things. And yeah, it's, it's, it's turned out to be really helpful. Uh, sorry, helpful. Uh, I think I remember Charlie, I think on the last pod mentioned that uh, something about uh, international breaks coming at a good time I think there's a bit of a almost a bit of a symmetry in that the first international break this season which came after the Sheffield Wednesday game and before the Wimbledon one which also coincided with Sam Lavelle leaving that was kind of where things started to drop off a little bit you know that late uh, defeat against Wimbledon and you know things started to go a little bit um, squiffy from there um it'd be nice if we kind of turned it around at the end of the season following another international break where, you know, Derek's had a bit more time to kind of get his stuff across the players and he probably needs a bit of a mental reset after that kind of, those three defeats that were all very disappointing on the bounce. So, yeah, it, it you know, it looks like that two-week uh, break has done, done us a lot of good, really. And uh, as I said, I alluded to there, Charlie. Charlie, both games, uh, we've come away with a win. 3-0, pretty comfortable against Burton, helped, obviously, by sending off. Uh, which I thought the chat O'Shaughnessy was a little O'Shaughnessy was a little unlucky there, but sometimes you get them for you, sometimes you get them against you, um, and it, it, it was a completely contra- contrasting game against Oxford, who were absolutely superb. And 
I still don't know how we got a win there. <laughs> well, a lot to talk about there, Freeze, and really, really positive stuff. I mean, first of all, the birthing, I'm not sure sending off really made that much difference. We were so on top. True. In the game. Um, they definitely were, they definitely were on the beach, I think, a little bit. Um, but uh, we played really well. Derek's obviously got his system working again. I think if you look at Arthur, Arthur was playing like Johnny Sullivan. He played last season, if you watched him. You know, he was playing like a loose winger with, with um, Stephen and, you know, getting back and playing left, double, doubling up at left back with uh, Liam Gibson on um, yeah. both games, which was obviously Derek Ball. Um, I thought that uh, everyone just tried so much harder. And I think that Aaron Wildig said something very poignant after the uh, Burton game, we were man of the match, which was, so you know, Matt, that uh, there's about five players in the squad who got promoted last year with Derek and uh, they're all back in the team. <clears throat> and he said that they're going to try their absolute damnedest to stay in the league because they know how hard they work to get there. Yeah. I was alluding to the fact that they just won 3 0 against Burton. And Derek had said, right, training tomorrow, Sunday morning, you know, and uh, none of the players who've been at the club this season had that where they had to wear their asses off seven days a week for us to get to the player final. And uh, I think the, the amount the team were trying in both games was so much more. The Oxford game, I think they, they said that they, um, the, the tactics they had, they usually played, they played a different formation. Yeah. In the first minute, we were all set up to play their formation and they played a different formation and they caught us out. It took us two or three minutes to readjust. I don't know if you know that. No, no, it's quite interesting, yeah. If you watch the goal back, Aaron's there's a big gap between Aaron and where their their, their player runs through. Yeah. That's because they played a different formation, apparently. Yeah, they've been they've been playing it's the first time they've played four at the back since before Christmas, apparently. So and I I don't know whether they view that in hindsight as a bad thing after the result, but uh, there you go. All in all, an amazing five days. I've got, I've got five days off from the uh, from the wife and the kids to go and watch both games, and uh, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, you got a, you managed to sneak a couple of games of golf in as well, didn't you? Yeah, Bergdale. <laughs> It'll be in the open next, will Charlie? So we'll come now to um, a little, little bit of chat about uh, the Jills. Obviously, Neil Harris. A fantastic job he's done. You were cast adrift. Um, I think you yourself was convinced you were going to get relegated, weren't you, Matt? Oh, 100% at least three or four times. I mean, if it wasn't before Christmas when we were fielding four substitutes in games and they were literally all children, such was the injury crisis. That was, that was in the run-up to the festive period. I think our best run throughout the winter was when we had three games postponed because of COVID. That was unbeaten for three weeks. That was our best run for probably about three months. Um, <laughs> if I wasn't convinced then, I was convinced when Steve Evans played a right-back slash defensive midfielder up front against Ipswich and we got bashed 4-0. We were 3-0 down inside 15 minutes. I wasn't convinced then. I was then convinced when Evans went and we shipped seven at home to Oxford, conceding four penalties, which were all penalties. Um, so that was three times in a matter of six weeks. Um, I was still convinced when Neil Harris took the job. Um, and I still don't know how we managed to convince him to take the job. I'm not going to lie because he's a championship manager. Um, he's got Millwall out of this division, competing at you know mid-table, top half of the championship. I think he got Cardiff into the playoffs before he left and took a year off. Um, so it's a hell of a coup. And, and 
as much as you know our chairman gets pelters from most of our fan base most of the time i think you've got to give him some credit to get to get new Harris to come in and take the job there was there was talk when he arrived that there was some sort of clause in his contract that he'd um, be leaving if we got relegated but he seems to he said no he categorically denied that it's a two and a half year contract so he's here for the mid to long term obviously that all depends on results moving forward not just this season um but he's given us a chance and and from 10 points adrift to to now only one because yeah. the bastards kept winning at the moment um <laughs> uh, it's you know it, it gives us something to play for um It'll be tough. We know that. We've still got to play Wickham Saturday. We've still got our last two of Portsmouth away and Rotherham at home. So that's that's not ideal. Um, but I think Easter weekend will be potentially the pivotal weekend. We go to Cheltenham, who fingers crossed might be on the beach subconsciously. Um, but Easter Monday's the the monster one. Is home to Fleetwood, who who dropped points again from a winning position Tuesday, thankfully, um, to sort of counter you winning. And uh, Wimbledon, Obviously, I don't think they're going to win a game again this season, unfortunately. They usually turn into prime Brazil about this time of the season, uh, Wimbledon, but it seems that it might be one relegation battle too far for them and they're starting to get cast a little bit adrift. Um, yeah, we've got a chance. That's all I can say. From 10 points adrift to where we are now, if someone had offered me that 31st of January when Neil Harris walked through the door, I'd have said, thank you very much. We'll, we'll fast forward to, to first, second week of April and see how we go. It was a pretty perfect day for us on Saturday. I don't know if you have flash score on your phone. Do you have flash score? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Watch, the, watch the games live. Um, it says big chance when, when, when one of the teams is going to score. Flash it in red letters. We were obviously 3 0 up. And then it said big chance at Sheffield Wednesday against Wimbledon. And then it went big chance Sunderland against Gillingham. Both scored. And then yeah. made a pretty perfect day for us. And. Uh, that's what I don't know if you're saying, mate. You look at the, you're looking at the scores and you're thinking, oh well, Wimbledon, Wimbledon are winning, Fleetwood are drawing, Gillingham are winning, and then you, you, you try to cross them all off. You're hoping they all lose, and we win. And uh, yeah, we've had that for a few weeks now, where we've picked up points and, and everyone else kept stumbling. You were losing, true. Wimbledon were losing, Fleetwood kept chucking away leads. I mean, I think they were three 0 up at home to Portsmouth a few weeks ago and ended up drawing three all. And that's probably a big reason why the gaps been cut from 10 to, to pretty much nothing in such a short period of time because everyone else has been pretty much horrendous while we've actually been in half decent form. We've not been, it's not like Neil Harris has come in and we've won 11 out of 13. We've only won five out of 13, but that consistency and, and picking up points and wins coupled with you lot and Wimbledon and Fleetwood up until the last two games, just not being able to buy a win meant that we was able to erase the gap. But yeah, it was completely the opposite. Saturday when um, it flashed up Twitter, Nathan Broadhead nodded one in in the 957th minute or whatever it was and the, the, the mobile phone did bounce off the arm of the chair and come back to me rather than hit the floor. But yeah, it, you know, it's one of them. Neil Harris has been very honest in his approach and he said that there's going to be bumps along the road. He said we'd probably drop back in and then have to try and climb out again. Well, that's happened now. So we'll have to react again accordingly and, and I'm confident we will. So we'll see. We'll, we'll take it one game at a time. All our Efforts have got to be concentrated on Wickham this coming Saturday. A draw in isolation wouldn't be a bad result, but we all need wins at this time. We're all scrapping for our lives. Obviously, Wickham have got lots to play for, which is not ideal. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it's going to go to the last one or two games still. We beat them, mate. We, we, we beat them. Yeah, it, it's a strange one. I think it, we've turned into this sort of like mini league of the bottom six now, haven't we? And four, four, will, uh, four will be doomed and two will survive. And from from my point of view, looking at it, it you, you've got to look at it and think. Well, I, I, I fancy out of everybody, Fleetwood have got to be with the game in hand. 
But as Joel has, has mentioned before we started, that gave Hernandez against Sheffield Wednesday. So that could be quite tricky, Joel. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at a lot of these things. I kind of try to look at who's got maybe a bit more momentum going into these kind of periods. And uh, obviously, Gillian were the ones who had the best one out of it. Wimbledon really do look quite gone. Fleetwood, you know, that as I mentioned, they blew that lead against Portsmouth. They blew a 2 0 lead against Burton, which feels miraculous out after we played Burton. And while they've had the win against Crew, it is Crew, and they're pretty, <laughs> they're not, they're not in a great way at the moment. But and then obviously we were struggling for that momentum. But you know, to go back to that Burton game, I think, I think I saw a few people get banded around a little bit that oh, we we had our luck turn with that deflected goal. That wasn't luck. Like that was our third big chance. That was our third good chance of the game. You know, we Bennett had one in the six-yard box that the keeper managed to claw out. Gibson had that really good header that was a pretty great save to be honest from their keeper. Um, that that goal it wasn't a pot shot from Arthur from 25 yards out that hit somebody on the backside and looped over the keeper. It was a really good pass from Wildig, really good little bit of movement from Nahua. Um, lovely, lovely first touch, kind of spin it round onto his left foot, and he gets into a good shooting position. And if you get in those positions three times within a half, you're probably going to score one of them. And that, that's not luck, that's just good play. No, so, you see, now, you see, I've, I'm going to counter that there because I never said luck. <laughs> I said, just for a change, we got the rub of the green. Mm. And that's a, that is a little bit different in the fact that, yes, we've had hundreds of shots, but as we were discussing the other week, we've only had one deflected goal before that. And then, lo and behold, they've, again, they've come along like buses because... Aaron Wildig's first the other night was deflected as well. So, just a bit of the rub of the grade. It's not luck. It is. If yeah, you maybe if, rub of the grade. If you don't shoot, you don't score, do you? True, so. but like, you've got to get into the position to shoot in the first place. And that's what we haven't been doing. And in that, in that, in that game, we got into that position three times. And I think, yeah, I agree with Charlie. Like, the red card, I thought it was a pretty fair red card. And then, but the, the game was won by then already. They, you know, they, they, could, they didn't really look like they could be bothered, to be honest, the Burton players. Then the red card, us. Kind of confirms it. Lovely goal. I think that Adam Phillips goal was pretty uh, prime Derek ball. I like to think of it as, you know, we got the ball, win the ball back in the field, you know, lay it off to Wildig, 2-4 passes via Cole and Phillips is in. And, you know, that kind of verticality and quick directness, not necessarily in the air. You know, that they, they were both passes on the deck. That is what I think that's, from, what, from speaking to Derek, obviously, previous in this podcast and what he says in interviews and, how how he look how it appears he sees the game you know that that looks to be very much his thing but I think then that but going back to that point of momentum I think that result that three nil result you know that lift that it gives you it, it spurs us on a bit for the the Oxford game because that was back to the backs against the wall and you know we could say we're we're a bit fortunate that they didn't score on the flip side the reason they didn't score wasn't necessarily good fortune they were good shots they had in good positions it was just phenomenal keeping which I'm sure we'll, we'll speak a bit more about later. But a lot of it was kind of that backs to the wall, defending and kind of chucking bodies on the line, people working really, really hard. So that when Oxford did pull us about a bit, because they were a really good side, and I thought they played really well. Yeah, they were. We had people there to kind of cover and block and get in the way. And I think, you know, part of that probably comes from that extra little bit of spark and belief that comes from that 3-0 win that we've had against Burton. So it feels performance, the performance on, on both days reminded it was a bit like Julian when they came to our ground. Do you remember when yeah. um, I was saying free before we started recording? Matt was invited, but he didn't want to come because he was too depressed about the whole situation. <laughs> but um, 
we all watched it together, didn't we, us three? And, uh, you know, on that day, when you, you went 1-0 up. That guy scored that amazing goal. Um, the Gillian players really did put their bodies on the line for, for Neil Harris that day. You could, see, you could see the difference in the way they played in that second game to the first game when, they, when we played them, played them away. But that was definitely the case on Saturday and Tuesday. Bodies on the line, trying really, really hard. And that was a key difference, I think. Yeah, come yeah. on, Matt. You've, you've got to be fair, Matt. We've, we've, uh, we've let you have four points off us. That could keep you up alone, couldn't it? <laughs> it could, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, and I think... Yeah, it was an even game, if I remember rightly, back in August. That was a long time ago. And then we were still full of, you know, optimism and hope back then, um, <laughs> as Jules fans. Um, I think we scored an early free kick, didn't we? Yeah, it was a worldie, an absolute worldie of a free kick. About the only thing he's done all season, he's been injured pretty much ever since. Poor lad's made of um, glass. But um, yeah, and I think, and then Cole scored your goal, I think, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And then we got, okay. soft, we got a soft penalty. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. No, it was, it, was a bit, it was a bit of a soft penalty, but uh, then when you came to our place, the game that you were invited to, and you could have, you could have stood with us all game. Um, yeah, but the, your keeper made a couple of good saves that day. We didn't play particularly well, didn't really create anything until about the last 10, 15 minutes when we sort of went for it. Hmm. But then when we did equalise, your keeper did pull off a worldie, didn't he? One right at the end from Obika, yeah, yeah. when he looked for all the world, he was just going to smash it into the roof. And yeah. I think he got big right hand up, didn't he? He made he a better one um, last week at Accrington. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even our first choice up until Neil Harris taking over. We had Jamie Cumming on loan from Chelsea. All right. um, and then he got recalled and went to MK Dons the same day. And he's now going to get promoted. Bastard. Um, yeah, well said. And, glory, uh, glory on <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him in the slightest I won't lie um, yeah and then Aaron Chapman's come in and he's kept I think he's kept five clean sheets in 13 or six clean sheets in 13 and that could easily be eight I mean Accrington we won 2-1 the only goal we conceded was a 93rd minute penalty and obviously the one that Charlie mentioned gleefully was, was the Sunderland one last week as well so it could have been eight clean sheets in 13 for Aaron Chapman um, yeah, but he's been he's been really good. He's been super solid since he's come in. And yeah, that like you said, four points that you've given us could keep us up. Aaron Chapman save at, at your place late on to prevent a defeat could could also keep us up. Could send you down. But yeah, it'd be nice if we both stay up. And I'm not just saying that because because I'm on this podcast. Um, I think it'd be a great story. Morecambe, I've still never been relegated. If if you do stay up, I think it's correct, isn't it? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. But yeah. if it comes down to a straight choice between myself and you lot, then I'm very sorry, um, and I'd expect you to say exactly the same. So. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's what I said. I said in the preamble that uh, you know we've we've got to we've got to work out a way that uh, if you can stay up and we can stay up and Fleetwood and Wimbledon, I think that, like you say, the general consensus is Wimbledon have gone. They don't seem to have had they don't seem to have that new manager bounce with Bowen, do they at all? Not, not really. No, I think we were actually saying before that uh, our new manager bounce looks to have been uh, delayed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, we've had to wait about what was it about a month and a bit for it. So, uh, but yeah, I think you know, look, look at the the, the run that they're on, and it's so late in the season, and it probably for, for the players, I imagine it feels a bit de- a bit desperate, and it comes at a bit of a weird time where you know the the boards gave them a vote of confidence before the weekend and then I think it was Cambridge they lost to yeah. and then suddenly he's gone I don't know if that sends mixed signals or whatever but yeah so I mean you'd have to I, I think I mentioned it on the last one you know I should probably look up how much of new manager bounce is actually a real thing and how much of it is just kind of a myth and truism but you know sometimes it does happen and, and you know it hasn't, doesn't look like it's probably going to happen in this case and 
to be fair, it didn't look like it was going to happen for us, but you know, Derek's been able to turn it around. But there's just there's just so little time, and if you don't get that immediate bounce, like Derek's had this a few games and an international break to be able to get his message across to players, and Bowen on this occasion probably isn't going to have that kind of a that he's not going to have that kind of a chance. So. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure if we played the Oxford game before and didn't have an international break, we probably lost. Yeah, that two weeks were so important to regroup. Yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. And the, the weather was not nice for the morning on Tuesday, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we, we suddenly gone back. We suddenly gone back to uh, end of December, early January the other night. It was blooming horrible. Like we had a howling gale, Matt, uh, and as we watched, it was. Oxford had the howling gale behind him in the first half, and when they scored after three minutes, we just looked at each other like, "Oh God, here we go." Because yeah, it, I was quite happy at that stage. Of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a strange one because obviously talking about yeah, new manager bounce. We we, we we've had t- Derek's had time to do a bit of a reshuffle, but obviously Derek Derek's come in and he's he's pretty much the same as Neil Harris, where Neil Harris arrived the day the transfer window shut. He's had to he's had to do a lot of juggling with what he's got already, hasn't he? He's not been had time to bring anybody in. Neil bought in one, um, but it was literally a straight swap for Carl Dempsey, who went to Bolton, um, and then we got Ben Thompson in, who managed at Millwall, who've not played any football. I don't think he played a senior game up since September of last year. So we was trying to get him fit on the job. I think he made his debut. He didn't quite. He wasn't registered in time for the, the crew game on the Tuesday night, the day after Neil had taken over. Um, so he missed that one. I think he made his debut at Ipswich, which was decent enough for a bloke that had not played for six months. Um, we should have beaten him. We should have beaten Ipswich. We, we should have been two or three nil up. We hit the post twice, um, and then unfortunately switched off with twenty minutes to go. And, and good sides with good players, um, they do that to you. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, if, if it is a thing, manager bounce. Um, I think we, it's fair to say we had it. We won our first two home games, um, but we've not scored at home since, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit worrying. Um, we've picked up, you know, decent draws. Um, we should have beaten Wimbledon, uh, Drew Sheffield Wednesday, nil-nil. Um, but no, the, the away form's been been very good um, since Neil came in. Um, should have had a point at Sunderland last week if we'd just seen that another 10 seconds. Um, beating Doncaster, beating Lincoln. Beating Accrington. So we're doing well against the sides in and around us. Our big problem has been taking points off of teams that are, that are in the top half of the table. And it's only been the last three where we've taken four points from nine against Wednesday, Stanley and, and Sunderland that they've kicked off in the top 12. Yeah. Um, so again, it's, it's all right having this manager bounce, but we've got to rectify that. We've got three more opportunities to do it because we've still got to play Wickham. We've still got to play Portsmouth and Rotherham. Um, Cheltenham might just be in the top half as well so it might be four opportunities but obviously there's a couple of, a couple of games to play before we get to that but I, I can't keep coming back to the fact that I didn't think I'd be in this position sat a week before Easter thinking we'd even have a chance of, of escaping the drop I thought we'd have been pretty much gone by now um, so he's done, a, he's done a staggering job regardless of what happens Neil Harris in it if we do go down, it, it at least gives us some sort of hope and belief that, that next season won't be horrible or as horrible in League Two and we'll at least be competitive. I'm not saying we're going to come straight back up. I mean, I've not, you know, not to sound too snobby, I've not, we've not been in League Two for, for nine, ten years since we won the title down in 2013, I think it was. And um, it'll be a different battle. It brings its different challenges. Obviously, you know, you won't get to play the likes of Sunderland and Ipswich and Charlton and all them other big teams that fall out of the championship. Um, but 
can't I, I, I can't get away from the fact that I, I think we could be having this chat again middle of the week so. between the two final games of the season and still none be none the wiser of who's yeah, going I and think, who's staying. Yeah, I, I think I think in our little mini league it will probably go to the last game. And if it's any consolation, we've got Sunderland at home. So that could be bloody important for both sides. So tell you how much Derek must love football. He went to watch the Accrington Julian game. All right, yeah. There's no need to do that. We're not playing Julian, we're not playing Accrington. <laughs> no. He went to, he went to watch anyway. I thought, it was, I thought it was quite intriguing that uh, he'd, uh, he'd actually go to watch that game because it made no difference. He could just watch, just look at the result, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit strange. They might do good. Might be good pies at Accrington. He might have wanted one. You don't know, do you? Well, you don't, do you? He certainly could have picked better fixtures. No disrespect to us or Accrington, but... Oh, no, no, probably <laughs> not. But, um, I mean, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it's a strange one because... Like I said, we're, I think we're all convinced to be in this position. Like, we, all right, we're sat here basking in the glory of two wins, but you're only as good as your, uh, as your next result, aren't you? And obviously you've got, is it Wickham away? No, Wickham at home, so. Oh, Wickham at home. But you're not scoring at home. Would you prefer that it was away? <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, we scored, We've scored two in games away from home under Arisa Cutler times. I mean, we've not been prolific by any means all season. We've not scored more than two in a game all season. So that's where our problem lies. Obviously, he's sorted out the defensive side. And like you said regarding Derek, he's working with what he's got. He was able to bring one in quickly. But aside from that, there was no shuffle in terms of the the transfer. So he's having to work with someone else's tools. But he's he's worked with what he's got. He's picked a shape that, that, that suits what we've got available. But we're missing so many creative players. That's the trouble. Danny Lloyd ruptured his ACL at Ipswich. He's probably been our best player for the best part of six weeks. Yeah. Alex McDonald missed most of the season with a knee problem. Mustafa Carriol, creative player. Mm. Gets us up the pitch quickly. He injured himself in September. He's probably been about 60% fit ever since. Plays 20 minutes, plays half hour, 45 minutes. Then gets injured, misses another month. Um... Why did you get rid of Reese Bennett? Because Reese Bennett's playing for us last two games, played brilliant. I'm not sure, to be honest, Charlie, because that was Steve Lovell. That wasn't on Neil Harris. That was in between time when Evans had yeah. gone and then Neil Harris got appointed and he released Reese Bennett. And he signed Connor Masterson from QPR on loan, who's been very good, who was at Cambridge first half of the season. Yeah. Um, and he also released John Akinde. And I know people have their opinions on John Akinde and he doesn't score enough goals, certainly, you know, based on how much he was rumoured to be paid on a weekly basis. But we've been left with a Dane Oliver as our only target man site, which has left us woefully short. We've got Charlie Kelman, who's just run into a bit of form, but he's a kid from QPR. We've got Tom Dixon-Peters, who looks out of his depth, unfortunately, a kid from Norwich. So then we've been using Danny Lloyd, Carriol, another youth player. They've all been injured. So it's been on V to score the goals or, you know, set pieces. Um, only Steve Lovell, Paul Scully can answer that question about Reese Bennett. I didn't understand it. I thought he was decent. I think when he left, he'd been involved in all five clean sheets that we kept at that time of the season. He's a bit of a warrior, isn't he? He's a bit of a break it, just gets his head on it, tries yeah. hard. Yeah, he's man. absolute beast for us. When he's, when he's played, and, the, and the, the strange thing was, he, <laughs> he made his debut at Accrington and he, and he came on uh, and he'd, we'd only signed him the day before. And he came on and, he, and uh, he's admitted he didn't even know anybody's names. And, uh, and he went, we played a back, we, we brought, played him in a back three, didn't we? Um, against Accrington, it was, it was yeah. a back four. But uh, 
We tended to get well, but yeah, because I think he'd been signed the day before, and then like yeah. driven up <coughs> or like met the team for the first time on the coach or wherever, wherever it was yeah. on the ground when he turned up at Accrington. And, at the, at the and then stadium. like 10 minutes before half time, he made his debut and he said, uh, but he, but he wasn't ready to come on, was he? It was like an injury. No. No. Yeah, Gibbo got injured. We had to put Badeau at left back and Reese yeah. had to come at uh, centre back. And yeah, but yeah, uh, in, the, in the weeks after that, he generally played in the middle of a back three. Yeah. Uh, but literally, that, that, that is maybe off the pitch. That one decision to give him to us <laughs> might, <laughs> might, 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 might he's one point. He's definitely, made, he's definitely made one or two points difference to us. Yeah. Then on the flip side of that, Connor Masterson's probably made five or six points. I, right. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't want that to. Be, you'd want it to be. You wouldn't want that to be the reason. One of the main reasons. No, of course not. And but if, if it is, then then so be it. We can't change that. Neil, um, sorry, Steve Lovell made his decision then, and we have to live by it, don't we? You, you, you know, you live and die by your sword, so to speak. But no, I'm, Connor Masterson's been very good in a back three. Reece Bennett might have been very good in a back three if, if he'd still been at the club and, and Neil Harris had gone with the same system. Um, all ifs and buts, and it we'll never know for sure. No, but we're we're glad we've got him. So, well, good luck to him. Like I say, he wasn't playing regularly for us. I, I didn't understand why. Like I say, he'd been involved in all of our clean sheets, and he, he'd never let us down when he played. He'd had to play. He is a centre back by trade. I think he played old in midfield in the cup. He played right back, left back. Um, wow. Get him a run in his position, and he, he's very, very good. He played at the top end of this division with Peterborough under Steve Evans. So I couldn't understand why Evans signed him, and then very rarely played him in his in his natural role. No, yeah, it does sound a bit. Should we talk about the uh, the goalkeeping and the man of the match debacle? Uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was that was that's quite amusing. Uh, I was very kindly a guest of Charlie in, in the box, and uh, Charlie's company had sponsored the game, and uh, it was probably well, it was probably what it was. It early in the second half when you leaned across to me and went, Adam Phillips, and I went, oh, just different player, absolute quality, different class. And uh, so, yeah, Charlie quite rightly had sort of like you get, you, I think you get asked with about 15 minutes. minutes. Left. Yeah, you get 10, 15 minutes left. So, 10 minutes plus added time, you have to say the man of the match. So, quite rightly, he'd done a straw poll of us all sat there and we all went, oh, yeah, Adam Phillips. And then Trevor Carson made two, two fantastic saves and a worldie. And everybody in the ground, when it went, and the man of the match, sponsored by uh, Anna Perna, is Adam Phillips. The ground just went, huh? <laughs> it's so funny three and a half thousand people going what <laughs> most of ours I'm sure most of our sponsors are just drunk by the time they do it and invariably it's the goal scorer that gets you down at the pre-school so at least a little bit of thought went into it at Morecambe because we don't really get it <laughs> just for the record everyone who's listening um, I, I've got a little bit of class at the club thank goodness and um, I uh, <laughs> we presented Alfie Dewhurst do you know how Kitman had a heart attack Matt, a half time at the wing game. I didn't know what it, I'd seen he'd been taken ill. I wasn't sure yeah, what it was exactly. I've seen he'd been recovering, okay. so he's obviously okay. all the best to him. Good, good. Yeah, his family came into the box and helped, helped out for evening. So Alfie's grandson, six, five, six year old uh, little boy, gave the man of the match to Adam Phillips. And I got another bottle of, of bubbly and presented a joint man of the match award to Trevor Carson about five minutes later to atone for my error. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't have done anything about it because like, he had made the worldly saves at the time of me deciding it. But uh, no. it was an absolute unbelievable performance by Trevor. Uh, and he gave his gloves away to Devil his grandkids as well. It was a really nice touch. Yeah, I've seen it. Lots of more from fans keep retweeting it to my timeline. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Well, it's just in case you missed it. You know how it is. I've, yeah, I already missed it the first 750,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he'd missed it. Well, that, that was, a, that was a, a truly great save by you, Charlie, getting Trevor in as the uh, another man of the match. Because, uh, yeah, there was, there was a bit of consternation. So, well done Michael on that. Michael Brandon had a hard time when I asked for a second bottle of champagne. He was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've got... You've got Wickham at home, where Cambridge away on Saturday. Now Cambridge, bizarrely, just got an absolute chunking by the aforementioned Wickham, Joel. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I think we've got to be hoping for another team, possibly on the beach. Obviously, Burton were in particularly power form, as well as probably being on the beach. But uh, yeah, but you know, hopefully their, their confidence has been knocked a bit. They've done spectacularly well this season, in fairness to them, Cambridge, and. At this point, it might actually play to our benefit that they've done so well, they're in pretty much no danger of relegation. Even like mathematically, it might almost be impossible. So, you know, we've just got to turn up with the, the, the past couple of performances because I think, you know, we've really kind of t- gelled into that way that Derek probably wants us to play, you know, with that kind of quite defined setup of like Fane sitting and then. Uh, Phillips and Wilde get a bit of freedom. Conley and Arthur working really hard down the wing. Obviously, call the focal point as usual. So, you know, feels like we've gotten a bit of a groove and we've got to take the momentum to a Cambridge side. Who knows how they're going to react? You know, I think you're probably there on thinking that they might be a bit more relaxed about it. On the flip side, I remember that season, uh, that 2014 15 season when we. 7-0. Yeah, more, well, yeah, that, well, there's that. That was the season after, I think. Actually, but uh, yeah, that 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 the uh, the end of the season when we were mid table, not ready to play for, and we beat three automatic promotion teams in uh, Wickham, uh, Southend, and Bury in about five weeks. So, you know, sometimes it takes the pressure off, and they can play their game. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't happen. I think probably more often than not, you know, the pressure so much often than we've got something to play um, for. We owe them. We owe them from last year. Absolute travesty. Yeah. We do, oh, yeah. yeah, it was. You're right. Pen- penalty that was ridiculous, and yeah, yeah. got sent off in the last man, last man, and he was in near the corner flag. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the ball, yeah, the ball had almost bounced out out of play. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. And it was, there was, no, was no crowd there. No I, crowd. Still, I, I, I still can't forgive him for it. Was it was April 2015 when we lost seven nil because I was in New York, clang place drop, uh, and we were. Um, New York, New York uh, quite a few places, particularly in the business district, have happy hours starting at four o'clock. So we went in a bar and obviously clicking on my phone, it was like, oh God, <laughs> what's happened? 10 past, like, it was like <laughs> t- 10 to five, uh, we're two nil down already. <laughs> <laughs> By six o'clock, I was drunk because we were seven nil down and I had enough. So, but there you go. So I think we owe them for that as well as last season as well. So, but it is going to be difficult. There's, there's two different approaches. Our approach against Burton was very much up and at him from the first minute. And obviously that didn't quite pan out against Oxford because we didn't see a right lot of the ball. So I think the, the, the approach, with it being an away game, is probably going to be a little bit more cautious, Joel. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Cambridge can't control the ball like, and won't want to control the ball like Oxford. You know, that's, that's not really their style, I don't think. I mean... I can't say I'm an expert on their style, but from what I know, that's not really their style. So maybe with it being an away game, there might be that extra little bit of caution. But 
I don't necessarily think there's that much need to be too cautious in, in, in that they're not going to be one of those teams that will control possession and will just let them bore themselves to death in their own final third. You know, there's probably a bit more license. Than I hope they do. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, part, I mean, obviously that'll happen a bit because part of Derek's game plan for a lot of games is just to let the opposition just kind of bore themselves to sleep, uh, knocking between their centre-backs and then jump on them in midfield. That, 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 that's how he works. Yeah. So there'll definitely be a bit of that. But I think at the same time, I think that there probably will be a little bit more licence to be able to go and get them than maybe with Oxford because Oxford probably have a bit more potential in them to be able to pass it around you. However, obviously, you know, Derek and, and Harry Taylor and uh, John, they're all the ones, they're the ones watching the game and putting the game plan together. So, you know, I'm sure they'll have something good up their sleeve for, for Saturday. I think, fingers crossed. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll probably have a, well, Derek's actually said that Greg Lee and uh, Anthony O'Connor will be um, available for the squad, obviously, after injury and Greg Lee coming back from uh, three internationals for Jamaica. Uh, do you see any changes? Uh, not to the starting lineup. I think it'd probably be wise to put Ant O'Connor and Greg Lee on the bench if possible because you know you want that you want that depth. But you know, I'll say, I'll say if like you know Gibson gets injured or uh, Bennett Obadoe get injured, you know, then you want you know good first teams to be able to come on and, and, and come up in their place. At the same time, you know, look how well we've played the last couple of games. I can't see. Derek changing that, and, and rightly so, you know. There's no, unless he sees some significant tactical weakness he can exploit in Cambridge that would, you know, warrant a reshuffle. I don't really see much reason, aside from injury, to, to change things. And while I think it'd probably be wise to get them back into the squad, you know, starting line, for me, unless there's something he's going to spot that he wants to exploit about Cambridge, which should probably stay the same. Yeah, I think you're probably right. A lot of people are saying never change your winning side. Um, I, I I tend to go with that as a bit of a traditionalist, but then again, uh, you know, sometimes, as you said, if you spot something in the opposition, you think, well, we can probably exploit that. Um, I'm, I'm coming to you as our expert here. We know, obviously, Matt's told us uh, they've got Wickham at home. Who Fleetwood and Wickham and uh, and Wick, uh, Wimbledon got? Is that is that for me? Yeah, I thought you'd know. I thought you'd. <laughs> I thought you'd all have all the fixtures panned out. I didn't bother looking. But. Oh well, I'll have a quick look on that one on my phone quickly. But I do that. I know. I do know that Fleetwood have a, a, a the probably the easiest run. Fleetwood have, have got, got Accrington Saturday. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe Matt will attest to the, the fact that after having them last week, are they on the beach? Wimbledon have got MK Dons. Oh, little <laughs> smile! Yeah, everybody smile. So, <laughs> when, uh, you, when you're saying that, we've got MK Dons before we play Sunderland. Our next three games. Our next three games, Cambridge on the beach, uh, Charlton on the beach, <laughs> Portsmouth hopefully on the beach, and then we've got MK Dons and finish off with Sunderland. So it, it's, that's why I'm saying we're still going to be uh, biting our fingernails down to the quick on the last day because I think we could, we could quite possibly get another four or even more points, but I suspect Fleetwood and yourselves will pick up points as well. So Yeah, I think... Fleet, yeah, Fleetwood have got, have they got, no, they have, no they've had crew already, sorry. But, you know, they've got Wimbledon, Wimbledon, I think that's the third to last game and Wimbledon could well be relegated by them the way they're going. So, maybe that'll play into the hands. But I think, I think like we mentioned before, that that, that Gillian Fleetwood one is massive. Uh, I don't know who I want to win it. Uh, 
obviously, let's let's say for the moment, Gillian, and hopefully we'll win our next two games, and it won't matter who wins it. So, but you know, we'll have to see on the day. But yeah, although they've got the game in hand, it is against Sheffield Wednesday, so it's it's hard to predict. I predicted that Gillian would be fine a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't really factored into the factored in the games in hand, and, and you know. Fleetwood having a bit of an opportunity to get three points against Crew, so I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't like predictions. I'm just I'm, I'm too afraid of embarrassing well, myself. Right. I'm in terrible. All right, <laughs> Albert. How does this sound to everybody? Wimbledon beat Fleetwood, and then Gillingham beat Fleetwood, and we carry on winning, and we're we're all we're all happy then. Yeah, that's the agreement. There we go. Can we hey. all shake on it virtually over here? Uh, Again, touch with Neil Harris and, and yeah, everyone exactly. you know. If we can just sort it out with the EFL. <laughs> so from they're that, called that, I mean, don't they? They call it is it match fix? I don't know. They, yeah. I don't know there's a label they put on <laughs> yeah, it, or something. Yeah. But it's frowned upon. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it'd be strange if we all put fifty quid on that as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> never, I've never bet on my football club. Never, ever. just it's been an absolute fortune not being able to bet. Absolute fortune. It's one of the best <laughs> things about being a director is not, not being able to bet on football. Well, I, can I just say, I am the worst tipster in the world and I've come up with that idea and that's almost 100% assurance that it will not happen. Because, it, as you know, it's the Grand National this weekend and uh, I either back Glue Factory or Kennemeet because any horse I put money on ends up at one of the two places. So that's how I am on tipsters. So just ignore that. It'll probably be absolutely 180 degrees of the opposite, whatever I tip. But there you go. I do think, though, on, on, on all seriousness, that Neil Harrison, you swear, you swear that you could see they were all playing for him when they came to our place. They were all playing for him. It's all organised. You know, Fleetwood just seem to be giving away lots of leads and don't seem to be able to win. Wimbledon don't seem to be able to win. I, 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 I'm not just saying that. Sorry, I, I think if Julian can beat Fleetwood and Wimbledon get a result against Fleetwood and their result game in hand against Sheffield Wednesday, they're, they're in, they're, 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 they have to win two other games, aren't they? Over there again. So um, when you when you came to our place, Matt O'Keefe clubbed every single blade of grass. He was magnificent that day. He's been superb since he's been made captain after Carl Dempsey left. He's been unbelievable. I mean, start of the season he was he was struggling. We were struggling as well. So it wasn't just him, but there was a silly red card at home to MK Dons. I mean, it's hard enough to get the ball off MK Dons with with eleven, let alone playing with ten for sixty five minutes. But and he'd not been quite at it. But since since um, Dempsey left and Neil Harris took over. He's been he's been unbelievably good. He didn't play last week at Sunderland. Unfortunately, he got a whack against Atkinson. I think it was so he missed it with a knee problem. But his fingers crossed. He's been out on the grass this week, so he should be fit for for Saturday. And we'll need him. And we'll need five more captains' performances from him and, and from everybody else as well. So because it, 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 of course, gonna... Agent Lavelle has gone over on his shoulder on Tuesday to find the Morgan cause. Agent Lavelle, yeah, he has, yeah. I was. The guy who replaced him got sent off for uh, a very wild tackle. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, so, so our old captain went to Charlton. He, he, he hit his shoulder and shoot he's out for the season. And his replacement got a red card. Was that Ryan Innes? Playing the next yeah. 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 I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm, injured. I'm a little bit gutted that Lavelle's going to miss our game, though, because I was kind of hoping that, you know, he'd you know, pop an own goal in the last minute to win it for us and whip his shirt off and jump into the away stand but yeah, it's not going to be happening now is it? Predictions <laughs> go that's worse than mine <laughs> I know got it. Get, him in, get him in the away stand anyway with his dislocated shoulder you'll yeah, have a good time I'm sure 
might be a bit controversial, but hey. No. Right. So uh, we've decided where the positions, uh, where we're out of relegation, Gillingham are out of relegation. Unfortunately, if you're a Fleetwood or a Wimbledon fan, you're listening to the wrong, po- wrong podcast because you're doomed. You might as well pack it all in now and just accompany. In fact, have a little party between yourselves, Doncaster and crew, uh, and say hello to each other in August. There you are. It's dead easy. Um, Charlie, have you got any, any updates on the, and the, from the boardroom for us? There's three things, Reed. First of all, we sold 40 tickets to the Cambridge coach. So it's not going to cost me too much. So it's, it's a well done, everyone, for registering for that. Um, the Charlton coach goes on sale tonight, I think, or tomorrow morning. I think it's tonight. We need to try and get as many people there for uh, the uh, very important thing on Good Friday. Uh, so the coach, we're running coaches. And obviously, you know, it sounds, it sounds obvious, but people always say they want coach travel. And me and James and Rod are subsidising this. If you want to, if you, if the club want, supporters want coach travel, please book the coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 my wife, my wife will keep killing me if it keeps shelling shell, shell, shell out X amount of money every, every, every time we get a coach because we want to make it happen. We want to, we want to provide coach travel for you. But um, you know, if, 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 if it's not if it's not reciprocal, if it's not booked, no. then we can't keep booking it. Sadly, so um, we're providing it. We want to provide it. We want as many people there as possible. But uh, please, please don't, uh, please don't have a go at me if uh, if we if it's rescinded when we don't have people getting, buying the tickets. But we want okay. it to happen. So and, fin- and finally, the season ticket, the season ticket news for next season is going out in the next few days. And the next two podcasts, we've got Adam Phillips and Trevor Carson next week. And special guest, if you want any more special guests, Martin Thomas is coming on to answer any questions about the season ticket um, scheme. So we're going to release the season ticket news in the next day or so. Anyone's got any questions about season tickets, they can write, write, they can tweet them in and we'll answer the questions at the end of the podcast next week after interviewing the uh, legendary pair of uh, Trevor and Adam and then in two weeks time it's going to be Liam Gibson and Aaron Wildig. All right smashing I've got I've got a question actually about the coaches to Charlton obviously with him being uh, official coaches there's no alcohol etc etc but can you take your easter eggs? <laughs> if they are non-truffle and non-liqueur I think so. That's a, a good answer. <laughs> Good answer. I put him on the spot there and he came up with it brilliantly, Charlie. Well done. So then so um, my tweet about how much stuff I bought the, 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 the shop on uh, one month. So, oh, yeah. Char- that's amazing. Char- Charlie, Charlie bought uh, about four grams worth of stuff from the club shop and filmed it all and put it on Twitter. And then did you tell your wife? <laughs> yeah, but she was delighted. I say, she, she was more angry about two cold pies home. <laughs> Hey, the pies were good. <laughs> and finally, Joel, anything from the trust? No, not not really any updates this week. But you know, just just keep an eye on the, on the Facebook page for anything that we've got going on. Well, this has been uh, episode number eight million and twelve of uh, the Shrimps Trust podcast, Shrimps Net. My thanks to Charlie for keeping us updated with what's going on. A pleasure to have you on, Matt. Um, I hope it goes well against Wickham. Um, I hope it goes really well against Fleetwood <laughs> and uh, fingers crossed we will be talking if we're talking to each other next season we may well be still in the same division but I'm not saying which one fingers crossed it's been a pleasure thanks for having me on 
Matt, you will come next time, next year, won't you? Definitely, no matter what position you're in, you'll come next season, yeah. I'm in a better mood, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joel, thanks as always. This has been Shrimp's Net. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, tell others. If you haven't, tell us. Thanks for listening.